Welcome back once again to Search the Scriptures. What a blessing to be together again today to open up God's Word, dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more. In some cases, just reconfirm what we have already come to understand through our study of His Word. And for so many people, this may be a program through which you really get into God's Word to a degree that you never have before. We want to help people come to God. We want to help people understand what his will for our lives is. And all of that is tied into knowing what his word says. Some people, they'll have a Bible, but they never read it. We've talked about that a lot, or very rarely read it. And if they do read it, they may not really understand much of what they're saying, or of what it's saying, because they really don't know how to go about studying it in a productive way. Well, we're trying to help people understand the teachings of God's Word better, more fully. We try to get into the scriptures in depth and in detail, but we try to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily life. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So it's not a magical kind of transformation in some people's lives. It's not something that overwhelms them whether they're wanting it or not. It's not a gift. Some people think it's a gift from God that he bestows upon certain people. Well, why would he not bestow it upon everybody? No, it's something that develops as we read God's word, understand it, believe it, and begin to make the proper applications to our lives. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So we want to help you come to God. We want to help you grow in your faith before him. We want to help you learn how to come to him his way, not just some way, but his way. And that's laid out for us in his word. He sent his son into this world to pay the price for the guilt of our sins through his death on the cross. Hebrews 10 and verse 10. God loves us that much that he sent him to be our savior, to go to that cross. John 3 and verse 16. But we must respond to God, that act of God's grace, that blessing, that act of his love and mercy. We must respond in a way that shows him that we appreciate that. We must come to him through Jesus Christ, recognizing that we need to repent of our sins, Luke 13 and verse 3 and verse 5, recognizing that we need to confess our faith openly, our faith in Christ, Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, and recognizing that we must surrender our lives to him by being buried with him in baptism, the waters of baptism, all the way under those waters, just as he was put all the way in that tomb, we must be buried with him in baptism for the remission of our sins. And the blood that he shed on the Christ will cleanse us of the guilt of our sins. And just as he came forth from that grave, alive, risen, we rise up as a new individual, spiritually, reborn, forgiven, made new saved. Romans chapter 6 verses 3 through 5 and Mark chapter 16 verses 15 and 16. We want to help you along that line. All of that is not made up by us. 
But all of that is right there in God's Word. Now, at the end of the program, we'll tell you how to contact us. You can receive a free Bible study that will teach you right from God's Word, the Bible, what He wants you to do to come to Him for salvation through Jesus Christ and how He wants you to live as one of His faithful followers, one of His children for the rest of your life after becoming a Christian. That's right there. And again, the study is free. We'll take care of the postage. All you have to do is ask. We don't want you to send us anything. We want to send this to you. And again, it's free. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. And at the end of the program today, we'll tell you how to contact us. Now, I also want to encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com. Churchofchrist.com. You can scroll down the home page to our podcast button and you can sign up for our podcasts. It's free and it's easy. Take you maybe a minute to go through the few steps and then you'll receive all of our Bible lessons that we podcast automatically to your smartphone or your computer or laptop or your iPad or whatever device you want to use. It'll come to you automatically every day. And again, it's free. You can also click on the listen button on our homepage, and you can pull up hundreds of sermons and Bible classes, and you can listen to those, download them for free. You can click on our articles button on our homepage, and you can pull up all kinds of biblically-based articles, and again, hundreds of them, and they're free. So utilize that website. The website is there available, and again, it's free. So we want to encourage you to do that. Now we're going to get back into our study here. We're asking the question, what is the Bible? Well, the Bible, as we've noted, we've looked in Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And we've seen that Paul emphasizes that at, through his prayers, he was praying for those Christians with whom he had in a relationship, and I'm sure he prayed for the Lord's church everywhere at the same time. He was praying that they would grow in knowledge. And so if we ask the question, what is the Bible? Well, many people would probably pretty quickly say, well, well, that's God's word. That's the word of God. And that is exactly right. And Paul prayed that Christians would grow in their knowledge of God's word so that they could be fruit-bearing Christians, fruitful Christians, so that they could live righteous lives that would be the, the proper Christian example for the people around them who had yet to become Christians or who were struggling spiritually. And he also instructed in the letter to the Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, that as Christians, we need to grow up spiritually. We need to mature spiritually and not stay just baby Christians. God has given us his word to lead us to salvation and then to correct us and straighten us out, but also to teach us and then prepare us for all of the good works that we should be engaged in, that we should be endeavoring to pursue 
as faithful, dedicated Christians. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And so in order for us to grow spiritually, in order for us to be the followers of God that he wants us to be, we need to study his word. We need to get into it on a consistent, regular, and diligent basis. And so we read in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, study or be diligent to present yourself approved before God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we've got to get into God's word on a continual basis. Now, the Bible is one of our greatest blessings. It really is. We put a lot of stock in owning a car with all the bells and whistles, maybe with the right logo on the front or the back, the right name. We put a lot of stock in having the right clothes with the right labels on them, the ones that are in fashion today. We put a lot of stock in having a nice home, maybe with all of the, the uh, upgrades and all of the utilities, you know, everything that's there, right there, all the appliances and everything uh, that's, that's the cutting edge. But none of that really matters when it comes to eternity. And so what we really need to put our stock in, first and foremost, now none of those things are, are wrong, none of those things are bad, but what we really need to put first and foremost in our lives is being right with God. And his word guides us in that right lifestyle, in that Christian lifestyle. So the Bible is one of our greatest blessings. And the Bible itself refers to itself through many very rich and meaningful symbols. Very interesting indeed. So as we begin looking at this question and answering it further, look at how rich these symbols describe the Bible. And they're right from the scriptures themselves. And they're, they're, they're used descriptively to describe what the Bible is in various forms of reference. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah 23. Now, I'm going to begin reading with verse 25 just to set the stage, so to speak. And here Jeremiah writes, and this, of course, is God's word. So basically, this is God speaking through Jeremiah. I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. Well, you know, there are a lot of preachers out there and supposed Bible teachers who are teaching and preaching lies. Boy, that's strong stuff, isn't it? They're preaching and teaching things that are not, that are not in compliance with what the scriptures teach. Some of them are just outright charlatans. They're out to make a buck. Others are sincere in what they believe, but they're mistaken in what they believe. They have not dug deeply enough into the scriptures and learned how to interpret correctly. They've got some philosophy or particular belief that is ingrained in their mind, and they will not let that go no matter what the scriptures say. And so they bend and twist the scriptures to try to fit what they have already come to believe. 
Now, if you read Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10, that was a situation that existed within the churches of Galatia. And Paul said, anybody who preaches another gospel than that we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And he said, there are some who are preaching a different gospel, but it's not really a different gospel because they're perverting the gospel. They're twisting it. And so when you change the gospel, it is no longer the true gospel. So we come back, and in Jeremiah's day, there were false prophets, and they were prophesying lies. They were saying, oh, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. They were telling the people, this vision was given to me in a dream. And then God, through Jeremiah, goes on, how long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the, of the deceit of their own heart. Well, again, many people, they believe something so strongly, it seems like it doesn't matter how clearly you can show them that what they believe contradicts what the Bible says. They just go on believing what they believe. Well, how long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, who try to make my people forget my name by their dreams, and everyone tells his neighbor, as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. You know, the Israelites had a really tough time. They struggled continually through most of the Old Testament scriptures, trying to stay faithful to God because they kept being pulled away by the devil into false teaching, worshiping idols. Well, verses 28 and 29 are very, very interesting and again, intriguing in the symbolism that is used to describe the Bible, God's word. The prophet who has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Now you see the contrast between the two? The false prophet supposedly telling lies because he says, I dreamed this dream. Well, you know, I've had some pretty wild dreams in my life. But that doesn't mean it's God's word. And then he says, the person who has my word Truly following my word, let him speak my word faithfully. The contrast between the two, you see. What is the chaff to the wheat? Now, the chaff would be the refuse. What do you do with the chaff of the wheat? You throw it away. You burn it in some cases. What is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord? And then verse 29, he says, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord? And like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Wow, that is rich imagery. Is not my word like a fire? Well, what does fire do? What is fire for? How can it be used? If we turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, and we look at verses 6 and 7, we get an illustration of how fire is used to purify things. In verses 6 and 7, Peter says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Well, the devil tries anything he can use to get us to pull away from God, to break down our faith. 
Sometimes they're just outright temptations to sin. Other times he uses difficulties in our lives, sickness, injuries, uh, financial problems, whatever, to try to wedge his way into our lives and put doubts in our minds and pull us away from God and faithfulness. So in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, everything of this world is temporary. This world is passing away. The Apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 17, and everything with it. But everything in this world ultimately breaks down. Even gold will decay given enough time. Well, here, how do you purify gold? You put it in the fire. And so the fire can purify. So you think about how Jeremiah says, Jeremiah writes, and God is saying, is not my word a fire? Well, the fire can purify all of those false teachings. It can do away with them. It can make apparent what the truth is. And Jeremiah was just writing about false prophets prophesying lies. Well, the truth of God's word can be like a fire to purify what people ought to really be believing and paying attention to. But fire also can be used in judgment. Remember that God destroyed the world in Noah's day with water. But the next time he brings that kind of judgment upon the world, it'll be with fire. Peter again writes, this time in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. So fire can be used to purify, but fire can also be used in judgment. And so God's word can purify the hearts and souls of an individual who truly and sincerely opens their heart to the teachings of God's word. It's like fire. But now fire also, the word of God also pronounces judgment upon unrighteousness, and fire can be used in that way too. Now also, Jeremiah writes there, and again, God is the one really doing the talking, is not my word like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Well, you know, you take a hammer and you keep beating it on a rock. For a while, it doesn't seem like you're making much progress. But you keep beating and keep beating and keep beating. And after a while, the rock breaks, but the hammer is still all together. And so, again, God's word, if somebody will simply keep teaching the truth, it can break down the hardest heart if that person will simply open their heart to receive the gospel. And it can break in pieces all kinds of false teaching, just like a hammer breaking a rock in pieces. In Psalm 119, 105, we read there that my word is, uh, God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
So the word is described as light there. Lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. The Proverbs writer, the, the, the wise man Solomon, he wrote in chapter 6 and verse 23, for the commandment is a lamp and the law, the law of God, a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. The commandment, God's word, is a lamp, the law a light. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Speaking of God's word, and God's word is a true light to guide us out of the darkness of sin and wickedness and evil and into forgiveness and redemption and eternal life and rebirth spiritually in Christ. God's word is that lamp to light the way, to show us the way. And when you think about what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, and beginning with verse 14, he said, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So as we live by the light of the truth of God's word, then that light of Christianity, the teachings of God's word, the Bible, will shine forth through our lifestyle. And we can help people then see the light of salvation through Jesus Christ that radiates from us by the way that we live, by our faithful obedience and dedication to our Lord and Savior. That light should shine from us, uh, through us and help people see the way to Christ. And what is that light? It is simply God's word being lived on a consistent and effective basis through us as we live our lifestyle as Christians, faithful, dedicated, obedient followers of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on a daily basis. Oh, we reflect his light to a world that is engulfed in the darkness of sin. And that light begins through our learning God's word. What is the Bible? It is fire. It is a hammer. It is a lamp. It is a light. And we'll pick up some more descriptions as we go through this study. Let us pray together. Father, help us to live by the light of your word and to grab that hammer and teach your truth in such a way that we can break in pieces false teaching and ungodliness. And Father, help us to also take that word and let it be the fire that purifies our thinking and our hearts. And let us never, never fall into the judgment that that word teaches will be waiting there for the ungodly and the unrighteous and the unfaithful. Please guide us to live by your word properly, effectively, faithfully, obediently, on an ongoing basis, and to be the shining light that you would have us to be, so doing, to the world around us. Guide us in this, Father, and may you be pleased and glorified. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.